0: Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege, Lord, opportunity to come before you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you, Lord, for hearing intercession, Lord. Thank you, gracious Redeemer. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every good thing you've done for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for performing your wonders. Midst of your people. Thank you, Lord. We look toward you, we look toward heaven, Lord. We are seated on the throne, the most high God. We may hear your voice. Bless us, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Luke, or I should say Mark, chapter two. One, one person can actually read 1 through 14. And someone else 15 through 28. And let's hear the word of the Lord. Please read slowly and uh, clearly as possible. Mark chapter 2. Someone read 1 through 14. Someone else 15 through
1: 28. Please. Mark 2. New England Version 1-14 to And again he entered Capernaum. After some days it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves. He said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts, which is easier to say to the paralytic? "Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk, that you may know, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up to the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them, And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alpheus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, "Follow me." So he arose and followed him. Verse fifteen onwards,
2: NKJV version. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, "How How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners, to repentance. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast in those days. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, except for the priests. And also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Praise God.
0: Praise the Lord. Praise God. Last time we saw what happened to that paralytic man and the people that brought him expressed the faith and Jesus saw their faith and he healed this individual who couldn't help himself to the meeting where Jesus was preaching in verse 5 is when Jesus saw their faith. It was a demonstration of their faith. Lord, you can do this. And we expect you to do it, Lord. You see, they didn't bring the paralytic, they didn't go to the lengths of opening the roof and letting him down to the direct presence of Jesus Christ. By saying you can do this only, but they fully expected the Lord to do it because it's written Jesus saw their faith God can see this invisible quality of faith and it will always be rewarded openly and the faith comes by hearing the word of God and then by exercise it grows more testimonies hallelujah I want to hear more of God's unlimited power and great mercy and infinite wisdom he knows my situation through and through he's able to do something mighty and I expect him to do that God is able to see this quality of the heart and then as the woman with the issue of blood made her way to the Lord, so the Syrophoenician woman came and stood in line, as it were, to get an audience with the king on behalf of her daughter, who was demon-possessed, who couldn't come to the meeting. There are these cases where the Gospels record And the person couldn't come for whatever reason. God knew that. And God responded to the faith of the loved one. Either they brought the person, like in this case of the paralytic, when it really shows that they didn't come and stand in line when they could have brought him for the direct touch there are cases in which in those days they couldn't bring someone. The Lord sees that too. The amount of effort is very clear. That someone takes He knows, as we emphasized last evening, who can actually come to the services, to the meetings, attend the calls. And the Great difference today is we have technology where we can hear the voice of God, the Word of God, coming through a service where God's presence is there. And according to what the Lord has helped us to schedule, people can't attend, but do they? He saw their faith. And what he did first was not address the physical paralysis, but the spiritual paralysis. He took that heart of stone and he turned it into a heart of flesh. He forgave the sin and he transformed him according to what he said. And then he addressed that physical need as a demonstration that he can do that greater invisible work, that which is invisible to the onlookers. God could see it very clearly. And the person also could perceive it when the forgiveness comes. Novation is experiential. Although it's invisible to the human eye, when that moment of justification happens. It's something that can be felt and known by the recipient when God saves him. The demonstration of that to other people is that their lives change. That would have definitely happened to this man and what happened so conspicuously so that people could see that the man actually received forgiveness from one who had the authority to forgive, was they saw the man who was paralyzed do exactly what Jesus did. He took up his bed, his mat, and he walked. He went out in the presence of them all, says verse 12. And they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So the Lord invades people's lives. And although God is God and many things are written, attesting to his wonder-working supernatural abilities, people such as this group of people, they have yet to experience God personally and that's why Jesus went that's why we can tell people come and see God is looking he sees the faith Peter was called Simon Andrew James and John Demonstrated their faith by leaving everything to follow Jesus. When a person gets called to follow Jesus, it's not just the call to ministry or the specific service God has for every Christian, but the first thing what has to happen is that we embark on that journey that I will follow Jesus from now on. And the faith of such a person is demonstrated by them actually leaving. Things, occupation, people, family, everything. And what happens is, for everyone, there's an inward leaving so there can be an inward pleading to the Lord Jesus. For some people, it means that they have to leave their home. As we know in the case of many people who get thrown out. And when they get thrown out, they have the option to go back and plead and beg please don't throw me out on the street because now how will I get food and how can, I, how can I live? It's so much of a burden. People all know that I've been thrown out, I've been kicked out because of embracing another God. What will I do? Such is the plight of many people today. But the people who really know the Lord They do, as the Lord said, they shake the dust off their feet and keep walking. Though it's difficult, they trust the Lord to provide. And the Lord who called them is faithful to provide for them. The faith is there. Jesus perceives that. He sees it, that which is invisible to other people initially. And then everybody gets to see, including the devil, that this is. A genuine faith because the person is actually following Jesus. They're leaving the things that once were dear to their hearts. Not just a matter of leaving sins. True Christianity, true followership and discipleship means that we leave everything that's dear to us to follow Jesus. Some people, as physically, they do leave. But for everyone, the inward leaving always happens. Always. If they are true disciples of the Lord. If they're not true disciples of the Lord, whatever miracle God did, whatever God influenced their heart to receive, whatever they've been influenced in their hearts to receive. They actually do like Peter, as we heard last evening. Their actions don't match their words. Do you know people like that? Do you know people, first of all, in your own family, who say they love God and they know God and they know all about God? They don't need to be taught, thank you very much. And you see their lives are absolute rebellion against everything God says. In that case, they're demonstrating visibly now the invisible quality of unbelief and resisting God's grace. So the tree will always show the fruit. Whether it's good fruit or rotten fruit, the tree is known by its fruit. That's a very simple way as he saw what happened to the paralytic man, he received the forgiveness and therefore the miracle followed and the Lord himself set that up that way. You see him obeying. He walked out. Because the Lord said that you may know to all the detractors that I have the power to forgive a person, to save them. I'm going to show you what you can't see with your eyes Yet. I'm going to show you that I have the power by healing this man, which none of you can do. None of you religious leaders. No one can do. Only God can do. I'm going to do that. There's no blasphemy here. I'm telling you, I, just like my father, he didn't say these things, but he's demonstrating. Later on he would declare, as we see in John's Gospel, that he and the Father are one. I have the power on earth because I've come to earth to demonstrate the forgiveness. Something like this happens to the next disciple, Matthew, the tax collector. Then he went out again by the sea and all the multitude came to him, crowds of people by the sea What a scene it must have been. And he taught them. Can see, people make noise and just as the sea might have made noise as anyone was by an ocean or a sea or a lake, this particular lake called the Sea of Galilee where Capernaum was situated among other cities, Galilean cities was known for its sudden tempestuous behavior caused by heavy heavy winds and so it was not a quiet lake all the time but whatever noise they heard from the water the people made noise and you have all of these people you can imagine they're talking they're moving so a crowd of noise comes along with the crowd. But then the Lord lifts up his voice and he talks. He's teaching them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, this Matthew, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he rose and followed him. There are people who are called to follow the Je- follow the Lord Jesus while they're at work. There are people who could not continue to work. You see such things happening in uh, time of revival. A number of people, even multitudes, all of a sudden they may be, back in those days, spinning at the wheel, not a car, Not an automobile, but doing some sort of weaving. or they may be in the kitchen, or they may be out in the field. They may be a clerk somewhere. They may be in the marketplace. They know the Spirit of God is calling them. They've heard the gospel, and they're getting conviction, and they know they have to follow the Lord now. What do they do? Do they drop everything and go outside and see where Jesus is? No. They realize this is the invisible God with the real God calling them to do that inward detachment, to leave whatever they have clung to, like a child with a mother. Because the real spiritual parent, the living God, the original, the greatest Heavenly Father is calling them. Interesting to see the parallel when we look at our own lives. Do you remember when God called you? What a celebration. To think that God would condescend to call me. Who am I? What am I? What can I do? Nothing. Nothing at all. I can't do anything. Because Adam was just clay that was formed. Even when he was formed, he remained a clay pot, as it were, until the breath was breathed into him, into his nostrils, from the living God. So salvation is God breathing into this man, Levi, with a voice and an enablement, that when he says, follow me, he expects the person to follow because with the command is given the ability. Now at that point, Matthew had to cooperate. He could have resisted the grace, as many people do when you tell the gospel. But this man, he he followed. The other fishermen, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, James, and John, they left their business, they left their boat, and in John and James' case, they left their father with the boat. Very significant. To really show, as Peter would say later on, Lord, we have left all. What do we get? The Lord told them, You get something beyond what you ever imagined, both in this life and the life to come. Follow me. This man left his business, and he had a very high profile business right there. Everybody could see he was working in the tax office. He left whatever he had there, which would be so important for him, keeping records and and whatever he did as a tax collector. But he left it because you can't take your tax office with you to follow Jesus. Again, it's a picture of not people necessarily getting up and abandoning their business to go and follow an invisible person but there's an invisible transaction that they've decided because they've understood I have to detach myself from everything else in life to follow God and what he does is he takes over the tax office either he will give that person the wherewithal to glorify God at the tax office or the fishing industry as it happens often. i he'll say abandon that. Now this brings us to the second phase, which is first the call to discipleship and the call to serve God in particular in a particular ministry. With these disciples, the salvation call was simultaneous with the call to ministry, but they had to be trained by the Lord and therefore they had to spend time with God but they entered full time ministry not everybody has that double call call to salvation and discipleship and ministry simultaneously But in this case these men have that happen and what we do is we look at these things and we try to Understand with God's help What is actually going on here And how does it apply to me There are some people Who have been called to Not only follow Christ As a child of God As a disciple Continuing with Wherever they are Doing whatever Schooling or business But there are some people Who are called to abandon everything Because God has already predestinated them to do certain things on a full-time basis for the Lord. But with every call comes a decision whether to follow through with that follow me from Jesus. In Matthew's case, Levi left everything. Simon, Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, and John, left everything. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many colleagues of his, many tax collectors, and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. They also made their way inside. Not just the professionals, but people who practice sin for there were many and they followed him and when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners they said to his disciples how come your master here is actually eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners we you know they despise the tax collectors as traitors so they lump them together with the sinners the obvious violators of societal law and the Jewish law so he's, he's eating not only with the man he called at his house but there are a whole company of people other tax collectors and other conspicuous sinners. They all followed him because there are many of them. The question comes up if he's supposed to be a teacher from God and he's supposed to be holy. Why is he congregating with such a congregation? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners, to dine with me. It's not what he said. This is the external setting But the purpose of his fellowship there, and I should say, him having the people there with him, obviously there's no spiritual fellowship with any tax collector or any sinner at that point, the way Matthew is entitled, because he actually followed him. Now these people followed Jesus, it says in verse 15, but the following they had was, they're getting to know him. So the Lord's mission was, the people that he's with, need to repent, because they haven't. That's what will happen when Jesus is on the throne of our hearts, and He's actually leading us. Whoever we sit and eat with, the burden will come that they need to repent and turn to God. We don't see a, a picture of what's known as friendship evangelism, a very non-offensive way of just spending time with people, And then, as if by osmosis, some kind of uh, automatic process, they'll get to know God through me. More often than not, people become comfortable. And they understand that you are allowing that comfort. But never telling them the truth, that you need... to repent, yes you just like I repented and I'm following Jesus now you need to turn your back on everything you know come to the Lord humbly broken, empty and he will fill you up with the salvation the Lord made it clear it's not just an activity where I'm congregating with people so we can have a good time, I have no discrimination against evil the God of holiness and justice right there. He knows everybody's heart and he knows who's around him. And he says, all of them are sick. I'm the doctor. And those of you who have issue with me spending time with the people that need to be treated and healed, I didn't come for you. And the implication here is not because they were really righteous, but they were self-righteous. So it is with people, and often you find with family. Don't talk to me about Jesus. I've had experience with certain family members. The scorning comes immediately. Don't tell me about that. I know it already. I read the Bible. I know. It's a very personal thing they say. That's something private. Nobody needs to know anything about my business. And they... Are self-righteous and they get offended they get hostile and when you say that I'm simply telling you what it says in the scriptures and if pressed they will come out with more absurd statements proving that they really don't know the Lord because they begin to bring their two cents a lot of times and tell you what they know about God which is actually unbiblical they may even try to convince you that what they're saying is in the Bible when you know it's not. Namely, an ability to follow Jesus and love God and consider themselves a Christian or a believer in God or, better yet, spiritual. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. But it's very clear they're on their way to hell and that should cause great burden within us that Here's the devil in my daughter. Here's the devil in my son. Here's the devil in my spouse. Here's the devil and such and such close to me. We saw the demon-possessed man in, in the previous session. That it just uh, convulsed the man. It took him over. But nobody saw that until Jesus showed up. Indicating that those people really didn't follow the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, they would have known. We have a problem here. There's somebody here who is pretending. The demons recognized when the real deal was presented. The truth was there. It's very important that we are on a mission see to it that we filter through all the garbage and nonsense that the devil can bring through self-righteous daughters and sons spouses and other people who are on their way to hell because they can't bear to hear you tell them you need to turn to the Lord you need to repent repent We're not called to plead with them and be afraid around them and try to compromise. Isn't that interesting? We can be very bold and upfront and tell people out there, when it comes to your own kids or your own spouse or whoever is in your house, to become a mouse. That's an insult to God. Because that shows we're afraid of the devil who's speaking through our kids or our children or our spouses or whoever it is. We've seen too much tragedy happen where people, particularly parents, have not decided themselves to follow Jesus all the way. That's the problem. Because if you really follow Jesus all the way, you will stand on his truth and tell them there comes a point in which we need to tell them I'm not going to babysit you and the evil that you're doing right under my roof or while you claim that you're my daughter or son didn't Jesus say you thought I brought, came to bring peace no I brought a sword I, I came to bring a sword two against three and three against two in one house Moses said, if you're on the Lord's side, come over to my side. He didn't go over to their side. Let's have a party around the golden calf. Ground that thing to powder. Do you have such an anger, a righteous anger, against Satan, that cobra that's in your house, and in your people? Or are you just trying to pet that cobra while it's slithering and hissing? Sticking his tongue out. Blaspheming. Refusing to acknowledge the Lord. It's the problem where many, many people see that the gospel is powerless. They see the messenger is powerless. Therefore, the sender has no power over their lives. John the Baptist let them have it straight. He said, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee the wrath to come? He said, you better bring forth fruits unto repentance. Otherwise, you're going to get cut down. Can you say that? There comes a time when we need to convey that message. We have to. How vehemently a parent would protest when a child wants to inject himself or herself with some kind of drug that you know could be fatal. Especially in your presence. when I say, oh, can I help you? Maybe I can help lo- loosen you a little bit so you don't hurt when you stick that needle in your arm. Can I just kind of help you? You're doing it so aggressively. Let me just help you. kind of. I hate to see you suffer. Tragedy of tragedies. Soft on sin. Letting the serpent grow. Friendship evangelism and showing love to blatant sinners and rebels especially those who are in one's household without saying you can't be here and it's a disgrace to God's name and to me as your parent oh but you did this and I, but I repented you see we need to be able to stand the ground some people cower under accusations from the devil when they're following God now don't let the devil manipulate you into watering down the message of God or misrepresenting him you may have blood on your hands one day tell your son tell your daughter tell your people there's only two ways there's the broad way and then there's a narrow way which, which way are you on someone should say I don't care about any I don't believe in any well you know what there comes a time in which you need to separate from them that's the truth otherwise you will empower them to continue to insult God and act insolently and rebellious before him and to make you look like a fool which in effect Satan will do that to make God look like he's powerless We have to show love. Not everything happens overnight. It's true. Through love, you can convince certain people, but not other people. That's why in the book of Judas it says, love and fear, hating even the garment associated with them, We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. There are people who have forgiven and shown a lot of love, washing the clothes of these wicked sinners, spouses and children. And as they kept doing that, praying, you know what happened? The truth and the whole truth came out from them to the loved one. At that point, because of such a burden that I have sinners living under my roof, I'm showing all the love I can through the grace of the Lord Jesus. I'm pushing myself. I'm going the extra mile all the time because I care for the soul. And they're doing everything they can to demonstrate God's love, but doing a great deal of battle on their knees and through fasting, because this is critical, this is life and death, eternally. And during the course of showing love, a straight message comes through them, in a loving way, but very firmly. Sometimes, some people need to hear it the way Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and to the Sadducees, and to the scribes. The problem with Christianity, according to the eyes of many contemporaries, in the churches, in the faith, is that there's a one-size-fits-all. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. That's amongst Christians. Talking about intimate fellowship because they're walking together in the light. Never a person despising and defying the light. There's a point at which, what some people may call tough love. you reveal the other side of God. And that is to tell them, no matter what you say, my dear child, you're on the way to hell. It's a very dangerous, serious thing. Spouse, no matter what you do for me and what you feel about me, We're on different paths, as we heard last evening. Every human relationship will end on this side of eternity. And people will continue either in heaven or in hell. Even within hell, it's a place of outer darkness, a place where there is fire even people who try to interpret that and say well all of these images don't make a clear cut composite image that makes any sense. They say how can you have fire without light? I mean, how can you be in a place of eternal fire burning and still be in darkness? Oh, it's possible. As we mentioned yesterday. This is a fire that we've never seen before. There's a situation, a lake burning with that sulfur and where people are lonely. They are screaming, but they cannot die. They're burning forever. And yet they're also isolated and lonely, and miserable, in their own zone, within their lake of fire. It's a horrible torment. All of that is possible. There's no contradiction in God's word. It's not some fairy tale. There's not some kind of image to evoke uh, a sense of separation, as some people say. No, the Lord said there are literal flames of fire there, and Isaiah is written there at the end of the book. In Revelation, we see the burning. In the parable also that the Lord told in the Gospels, the rich man was burning so much. He was feeling such an intense flame he just wanted somebody to dip their finger in water and touch the tongue what a torment what a an intense heat oh Lord but he can't die but there's weeping, gnashing of teeth there's a sense of dying but he can't die decay is happening, worm is there fire is there crying and misery, weeping, but also darkness. We're not preaching a one-sided or lob lopsided message. There's a scriptural balance. And the problem is, some people have gotten this one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter approach because they've heard, you know, as a Christian mom, Christian dad, Christian son, a daughter, a Christian wife and husband, you just keep showing them love and love and love. The interpretation is, don't say anything that'll anger them now because they may run out on you. But God gives us wisdom. Only a parent who knows the difficulty of a person who's suicidal or does things so foolishly, they can just run out. They have nobody but mom or dad to support them. They know the delicacy of that situation. Delicateness, I should say. and They have to maneuver very carefully because this child is lost. This spouse is lost. And very reckless. Can lose their soul if you don't treat this appropriately. That's there. God understands that. But there are those who have picked up on the method here and as I said last night in the modern day vernacular they'll play you God says wise up wise up lay down the law let them know I've been showing you love I've been patiently watching But even the love that I'm showing you is getting trampled upon. I want you to know something. You're throwing away the grace that God is showing you through me. Be smart and repent. Otherwise, you're going to end up in that place that you wish you'd never have to go as I said, I've experienced people who've been hostile, so don't try to teach me or this is what I understand in the gospel, I read the Bible I know it all, who are you young person or old person, you're either too young or too old for a lot of people to say anything smart many, many things they'll say, but we need to tell them this is where I draw the line enough you want to go and abuse your body and you want to waste what God's given. You want to bring dishonor to God and to me. possible I needs to say that sometimes. Because only when somebody uh, understands this is serious, I'm not going to have a place where I can, you know, get all the affection I need and continue to be a rebel. Only when the prodigal hits rock bottom remember and recognize you know what it was actually really good in my dad's house but I blew it I let my sin drive me to this place and my father didn't interfere you see that too many people under the guise of Christian love quote unquote simply empower their family to continue to blaspheme God's name and they provide the means to do that we need to be able to say because we have come to understand the truth I don't care about anything I don't care if you have a job or not I don't care if you have education or not I don't care if you play sports if you have anything I've come to that point I don't care if you have anything I'd rather you have nothing at all of what you think you need and other people think you need and what society says and what I once told because at this point you're on a crash course to hell any moment you can be in hell I can never bring you out of that, nor can you get out get that straight first I'm not going to supply the fuel for your sin anymore it's that tough love that a spouse shows to another spouse They can rock their boat and make them realize I'm the biggest fool. I'm I'm losing all this comfort, all this love. And I want to be alone. Don't let the devil manipulate you into compromising the truth. Very dangerous. The sad thing. Don't let anybody put fear in you to make you compromise the truth, or adjust around them. As I said, there are are situations where, uh, the Lord will say, a little bit longer, but, too often it's become that cookie cutter approach. Because of Christian love, I had to keep on loving and showing them love. You can love them right into hell, with that kind of love. Then the tragedy comes. We did everything we could, did you? Did you tell them, did you look at them in the eye, did they see another side of you, like Jesus? To those who are hypocrites and wicked, blaspheming, twisting God's word, sinning before the Lord and then justifying it. He saw another side. They saw another side of him, I should say. He even went to the people who he healed. When When they saw him outside separately, he said, don't go and sin anymore because I'm telling you, a worse thing will happen to you. That's it. tell the woman caught in adultery after he obviously forgave her he says don't do it again. There's a toughness there's a a seriousness there's a no compromise word that comes from God by the Holy Spirit and you know when you are following the Lord when I'm following the Lord when the point comes where I have to say to them that ultimatum there will be no Wishy washiness and delicateness, you know. I'm going to dance around this issue and I'm afraid of what will this happen. You're called to represent the Lord, not cast with a friendly ghost. To pray and say, Lord, they don't think it's serious because I've been accommodating them all this time. very critical to know whether we are empowering sinners in our own home. The reason I've expounded on this in a balanced way, in a scripture way, is that as a parent or as a spouse, is as close as it'll get people that are your very heart and you feel like your heart's ripped out if they go and endanger themselves when you can actually be a, a safety net. That's the perception. And in some cases, as I mentioned, God will say, continue a little longer. But many cases, people go beyond what God said. And they actually become part of the problem with their version of Christian love. Instead of laying down God's law. Instead of talking directly, do you realize you're on the way to hell? Do you realize that? I don't want to talk about anything right now. More than your physical life, you're on the verge of going to hell. Any moment it can happen. Do you realize that? Do you know what you're talking about when you say you believe in Christ? Or you know what the Bible says? Do you know what you're saying when you say, I don't want to hear about hell? And then tell your boyfriend or girlfriend or your man friend or... Woman, friend, whoever it is, yeah, this is her again calling. This is a, talking about I'm going to hell, and then get the other person upset. What? Devil working through them and your child's spouse, and you go back and give them peace of your mind to be able to stand our ground know that we're not afraid of anything because we're speaking the truth in love. We're telling it directly. There comes a point. We need to anticipate. This is what the devil will do. He'll rile up those other people with your kid or with your spouse, friends at the office or whatever. You need to do like Jesus. Set your face like a flint. You're going to persecute me? The very one to bore you? You're going to persecute me, the very one who loves you, married you? Because I'm telling you the truth? As Paul the Apostle said, am I not become your enemy because I told you the truth? As we heard last evening again, when the Lord Jesus told Saul, or Shaul, before it became known as Paul, persecuting me treating me like an enemy Saul so, don't you know it's hard for you to kick against the golds, the thorns injuring yourself do we have the guts and understanding to say that it's part of crucifixion of self those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick I didn't come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance the people who realize they have a need you come you can stick around here but as the Lord said I came to bring a sword those who keep on defying God keep on using God's resources that he's given you ungodly things they're doing that to draw the line and say no more support for me why? why won't you support my drug habit? why won't you let me lie to you and say I need money for food and go do something? why won't you let me let me lie to you and say I'm going somewhere else but I'm actually going to fornicate over there? why won't you celebrate my activity and festivity and my achievement when you know I'm going to go and do more sin. A tragedy. A great tragedy these days. May the Holy Spirit lead us, each one of us, not only to live the truth, but to convey it to somebody else who may be going through what you're going through. Not knowing how to say, what to say, when to say and what you know will be the cost involved and say, Lord, I'm willing to pay. Stand up for the truth in my own home. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. There are people who are being abused and viciously treated because they refuse to compromise the truth. Not easy when you have a violent, wild situation we need to know our God is bigger and his truth is worth it and there are people who because somebody spoke the whole truth and nothing but the truth and there came a time when they gave an ultimatum it seemed like all of the goblins would come around, the demons with their own family turning against them can you stand the test? can you stand the test of slander, persecution vicious Betrayal, everybody knowing your situation, can you stand the test of true discipleship and be able to say, no matter if the whole world's against me and they're calling me unloving and this and that, Lord, as long as you're with me, I'm on your side, and you're on my side. That's all that matters. There's a verse in the Bible that says how do you know that you're going to save your spouse or your family member? How do you know? And yet we hold fast to that verse and promise believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. There's a condition there, a precondition. And that is, we need to be just like Jesus. When he says, now you need to speak very firmly here, you need to put everything on the line right now. Can Jesus trust you to speak exactly the way he spoke to the Pharisees? The people who twist his word and try to take advantage of him and other people. Can he trust you to, when you're ready to blow your steam and lose your cool, trust you to be patient and wait on his guidance when to speak? It's a very, very critical, important thing. You say, Lord, I don't want to say anything, neither in content nor in the tone that would betray you when it comes to telling the family the truth. And the Lord gives us understanding to be people who God can use to shake the devil out of people who love to celebrate with you, your own family. You know, just don't talk about Jesus stuff. You can talk about spirituality, you can talk about other things, but not Jesus. You know what? Every year I come to your house, and every birthday, and every... um, If you don't want to hear about Jesus, I'm at that point right now. I'm not coming to your house. What? Who do you think you are? Are You're going to become that fanatical about your beliefs and your ministry? That you're going to try to force it on me and actually cut me off? No, I'm not cutting you off. I can't be in a place where the name of my God is dishonored and you expect me to adjust to that? How long have you known me? Have you seen the change in my life? Do you realize that Jesus is my first love and passion? That he's been calling you through me all the times I've been with you to demonstrate what it means to follow him and his goodness. Time for you to make a decision. You follow Jesus, and we will walk together. If you don't want Jesus, we cannot walk together. This is the truth. And uh, the disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? they coming to the Lord to tell him how to do Christianity, how to do this religion. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. And he explains this with the clothing and the wineskin bottles. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine, fermenting, bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins. So it's very obvious that he's saying what you're telling me is something that doesn't fit with the way I do things. It's like an old garment that has a piece of unshrunk cloth attached to it. It'll be antagonistic to one another it's not going to match it's not going to work if I try to do what you want me to do because that's the way you feel God wants you to do it's going to make everything worse it's not how it works I have something new and you're in the old. If you want the new that I have to work in your life, you have to change your container. You have to adjust yourself so you can receive the new. It has tremendous meaning on multiple levels for us. In the context of what we just spoke about, we need to say, Lord, you're telling me very clearly I need to change my strategy here to be perfectly aligned with the Holy Spirit. What I've been told, what I've felt and what I thought was right, you're telling me it's not right. I'm going to make matters worse if I try to be in your way, in a fresh way, but then continue to do things an old way in certain areas it's going to cause so much chaos and confusion. I need to change everything in my life to be 100% the way you want, Lord. I'm willing to change everything, including the way I present you, both by my life and my words, to my people. If it means that I don't visit anymore, I don't entertain a certain person anymore, even if they're the closest to me, because this friendship and quote unquote love approach is not changing them. They're actually getting stronger in their position. And I'm the one here squirming, seeing how I can very delicately even utter a word about Jesus or repentance. Lord, if you want me to change that approach. Be bold as a lion because the urgency of the time and I'm willing to do that. Help me, Lord. Whatever it is that we have perceived or been taught and have followed, when the Spirit of God says something needs to change here and all you long for by way of the anointing and the Holy Spirit working in you can come to a full stop when it comes to this area. It's going to work against you. Because to be filled with the Spirit is to have the Spirit dictate to us how we handle situations exactly as He wants for the time and season, you see? At any given moment, God has a new set of instructions contrary to what we thought. We need to be in a capacity to accommodate that, adapt to that, act on that. Otherwise, we'll be trying to mix two things up and cause an explosion, like it happens with certain reactive gases or volatile liquids in a chemistry laboratory. The Spirit of God is doing a new thing. He's always doing a new thing. But certain principles stay the same. Namely, if you live in the Spirit, you've come into this new experience, then walk or keep in step with the Spirit. Because God is continually doing new things. I need to be open. I need to say, Lord, I need you. I'm open, Lord. I'm open to you changing every single detail of my whole approach to marriage, to parenting, to church, my mannerisms. A church like ours Typically, it's made up of various cultures. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, miniature version of heaven. heaven on earth. People of diverse backgrounds coming together as one. Not just for social reasons, but spiritually knit together. Spiritually knit together. At the heart level by the blood of Jesus. There's our love. But you know, within that, there are different mannerisms. You can have certain people maybe coming off as abrupt you know, they don't say thank you like this person all the time and these discrepancies can make a person feel like maybe they don't love me maybe they despise me maybe this or that maybe, no they're just learning this common culture called the Christian culture and the more we're in the spirit the more we read the word the more we begin to change you see the examples that God has placed and we begin to see you know maybe I, I hurt the person's feelings when two people are called upon to read the scripture or given a task in church the other one means well and gives preference of choice to the other brother or sister but the tone of voice in which they say that not very polite. And yet the person really loves. It's just coming on in a certain way because of the background. What happens? We learn, this is my blood brother, blood sister. Yes, various cultures, but we're one in Christ. I give that room to allow God to work in their lives. And... Uh, by the same token, something that they may perceive as not making sense from their cultural standpoint where they came from, their life. And we begin to because of love we make adjustments. We adjust to each other, we adapt to each other. And yet we all come into this thing called Christian culture, this common culture. Uh, this family norms if you will where you follow the parents and you see what really is right there's a growth but you see there's an adaption with the adoption the child is adopted graciously in a good loving home is given something that many other children don't have that have been abandoned a chance at life, especially with loving parents and loving brothers and sisters and the, the opportunities and food and everything. But you see, that child must adapt to the new family and the norms. And there's a adjustment on both parts, both people. But eventually... There's an equilibrium where everybody is able to understand that there are certain things that are good that maybe I didn't know about. Certain things that come across in a certain way, just like a good parent will teach a child to say thank you and please and be polite and patient and sensitive to the other person's needs. There's so many things involved. We've mentioned that before when we have taught on parenting or even marriage seminars. I shouldn't say seminars, we don't like to call it that. There's too many seminars around, but essentially a teaching for married couples that um, biblically, not just the content, but the mannerism, the gesture, and the tone in which which you say certain things. Not enough to say, well, I did the right thing, loving thing, but was it conveyed that way? This is part of uh, this new Christian culture that God teaches us how to really love like Him and how to show gentleness and respect to one another how to follow the example God has set the effect of it is that the oneness will become even stronger because we're understanding that love is shown in a way not only that I think is right but actually is conveyed to the other person the way they can understand it and perceive it as love. If you will, it's known as the language of love, Christian love, and God helps us to learn that. At a greater level, is speaking about the Holy Spirit. The Lord is bringing a brand new way, which is a fulfillment of everything He did before. But so many things are going to be obsolete. We've got to adjust now. We have to open up to the Spirit to work. Uh, Let me give you an example. If I'm used to praying in English or whatever my native language is, Because the Holy Spirit has come and has taught that we ought to pray with the mind and with the spirit. Now, there's a deliberate conscious effort on my part that a good portion of my prayer time, which will be expanded as we get closer to the Lord, is going to deliberately include speaking in tongues. Because if I don't do that, I'll be stuck in the old. The container will not be able to change to receive the new thing God has for me. And so anything and everything God comes and says, I want to change, when we're open to that, we'll be actually able to receive fresh revelation from God, brand new things from the Lord. And as the Holy Spirit's moving in our church and moving in our city and in the world, we'll be able to actually keep in step with Him. The container will always be new to receive the new wine. And we have the responsibility, the power, with God's grace, to always keep our vessels brand new, to be able to adapt to the new that God has. Another simple illustration would be, as some of you may have come from places where they didn't really say hallelujah publicly in church, or clap or raise their hands as I came from before many years ago, and I was put into the setting where I knew there's something different. And I saw people raise their hands and clap and all those things that was different for me. But I knew that there's something to it because I see it in the Bible. And as I began to do that, God began to expand me to receive more of this joy that we can express and then you begin to actually know that God is in the house and I'm praising God not doing it for people and I will give everything I have I'll use my whole body to give glory to God how can you contain that? only if you change with it and then more is poured in then you expand more The Holy Spirit wants to change many things. It's a deliberate, conscious effort to say, I'm ready for everything, Lord. I'm ready for everything new, Lord. Everything, not just a new, strange phenomenon or experience that people are working up, but biblically. The new thing God has done. I want to close with this illustration, actually an example, actual example. In the UK, I came across a, an article from 40 years ago. wasn't looking for it, but as I say, time to time, God brings certain things to me, and it was so wonderful to read because it was a um, uh, private circulation. Somehow, it got on the net from way back in 1982. of a Baptist organization in England, and in that Baptist uh, private newsletter, or kind of magazine, there's a question. Is there a word from the Lord? It caught my attention. And I thought, you know, as we know, most Baptists here in this country... They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't believe in the new wine. And they're stuck. sad. But I saw this title and I expected something along this line. Where the gifts are seized and prophetic word is people preaching only and there's no other revelation. You know, the, the canon of the Bible is complete and that's about it. There's nothing else. Anyone who tries to say anything more Anything specific to a situation, well, it's all fake. And I saw in this Baptist organization, one preacher wrote this cover story, or the first story, first article. And he beautifully outlined how those Baptist people there, in that particular organization, they need to receive the gift of prophecy. What a beautiful thing. And then he finished the article by saying, I'm so glad I was present at a meeting, he said, where someone, I believe it was a lady, who suddenly shared the gift of prophecy. He said, I'm so glad I was there. I just didn't hear it. I saw this. He said, there's a young man or young woman, I forget who, but this woman detailed everything that was happening with that medical condition. And it was on point, and the deliverance came. The healing, the healing came. As we see in our church, this is a Baptist organization, and this man is making big waves with this article, risking. You know what happened to him? That particular preacher wrote that article. He got rid of the old wine skin. Spirit of God not only poured into him, but as he witnessed this, then he became uh, very um, sincere in trying to understand what he just saw. It went against the grain of those churches. And he's risking everything. He got the boldness to say, I saw this. Can we reject it? That's what he's saying essentially. Can we just pass this away, pass this off? He said, I know we don't believe this stuff, but it's true. I'm telling you, we need it. Beautiful. In our church, we've gone past that stage. We've seen too many miracles, too many works of the Holy Spirit. As you've seen many of your Google reviews. You experience God touch you and do a wonder, a miracle. And often it came through the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of prophecy, gift of healing. All of those gifts. We're in that new wine period. The Spirit of God is moving powerfully. And the message today is, we want to make sure every aspect of our Christian experience and our obedience is exactly in line with this new that he's giving us new boldness new strength new spiritual awareness and ability to walk just like Jesus Amen and Amen shall we pray praise you Lord thank you Jesus oh Father I pray sift every heart Lord I pray That they would know that this is not a private interpretation from me. Holy One, may the growth be rapid. May the transfer be rapid, the transformation. Everyone in our church, Lord, be able to accommodate and receive the new wine that you have. we may be flowing filled with the spirit walking just like you talking just like you oh Lord how we need you desperately Lord we know Lord we're frail, we're fragile sometimes foolish maybe naive but you're talking to us how to handle things we're responsible for the truth you've given us Lord, you've called us to be gentle. But also, you said the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. I pray that your Holy Spirit will help us to be harmless as doves, wise as serpents, Bold as lions. Faithful soldiers of the cross to proclaim your truth the way you want us to in every situation. Oh, may this be the prayer of your people, Lord, as I've often prayed that, Lord, I want to speak and do the things you want me to do the way you want me to do it, Lord. I don't want to deviate even one bit. Help me, Lord. May that be our cry. May we be the new wineskins to take that new wine, Lord. Everything new, Lord, Lord, to be humble enough to say, I'm changing my ways in this. Everything else seems to be right, but this one area, it's not working. This one area, I'm just sticking to what I know. But God has shown me something different. Lord, I'm willing to change everything. so I can flow with the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Father in heaven, I thank you. May the healing come to your people. Lord, inasmuch... As your word has gone forth, Lord. Now confirm it, Lord. With your miracles. Let the people free who have the knee pain, Lord. In Jesus' holy name. Oh, Lord, I pray. Have mercy, Lord. Help them to walk properly, Lord. Heal them. Jesus, for your sake, I pray. Let that healing come, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, blessed be your name. Bring the peace, Lord, to the heart that's filled with anxiety, worry. May your peace descend, Lord. Comfort and strengthen. They can walk without any fear, without any butterflies in their stomach. Strong. And thank you, Lord, for leading each one of us this day. Holy Spirit. Oh, as we strive to keep our conscience clear by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and walking the way He wants us to walk. May your joy fill us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for making us, Lord, such a loving church, Lord. Such an honest, Lord, as I saw those reviews, even from a few years ago, even the recent ones. The people are speaking truthfully, they're not hiding anything. Because they care, they love you, and they love people. They want to honor you, and they want to let people know. No matter what you're going through, God can set you free over here because Jesus is working here. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for making your people, Lord, humble and honest. I pray that you perfect them, Lord. Perfect them, Lord, that the truth they heard this morning in various aspects will become a part of their being in their active pursuit wanting to serve you and please you to be a pleasing sacrifice I pray Lord that you use them to speak the truth in love shake hell to let go of their loved ones thank you Lord oh Father we're trusting you there's a shaking going on hallelujah the devil's grip will be loosened and loosened and loosened his fingers will be pried off forcefully and twisted and bent and crushed. We really he let go like Pharaoh of our people, your people. They may serve you, Lord, our families. Oh, God, do that shaking, Lord, I pray. Oh, Father, use us, Lord, to speak as well as to refrain from speaking and fellowshipping and being with the people that need to know this is very serious. I'm not here to please man, I'm here to please God. Oh Father, give that boldness and that spiritual balance, Lord, from the Holy Ghost. To be led by the Spirit. That we do not hinder the work that you want to do, Lord, in our family members. Thank you, Father because you long for their salvation Lord and you're hearing prayers help us not to try to catch them when you want them to feel the pain of rebellion to make them reconsider and repent thoroughly And join the family of God Thank you Lord Oh Father We praise and thank you We thank you for your miracle healings Oh Father Lord we are people in need We have so many needs Lord in our families With the miracle touch of God And you are God who delivers Continually Lord pour out your miracles Holy One Oh Father Father Continue Lord to shut down the work of the devil In afflicting your people with disease in oppression. Lord Jesus. Oh Spirit of God. Rain down your mercy Lord. That we would have a new measure of health and strength. God in heaven. Bless the Lord O oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins. And heals all your diseases by your stripes Lord Jesus we are healed you bore our infirmities and carried our sorrows thank you Jesus thank you Lord the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings hallelujah I am willing says the Lord be made whole hallelujah thank you Lord Spirit of God, work in our families, Lord, mightily. Work in us, Lord. Praise your holy name. We praise you, Lord, for these days which have drawn us so near to you, Lord, to know the real law of love, the real law the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, magnify you. Lord, I pray prosper your people today, whatever they have to do. May they go out with joy from this time with you with great confidence, with great fortitude, with great determination, Lord, to speak and to do as we see you, as you instruct us. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.